Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Benchmarking. It's a term bandied around, but what does it mean when applied to a business? And importantly, how can it be used to make a farm more profitable? G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and this was a question Millowa farmer, Ian Arney, pondered a number of years ago when he was approached to be in a benchmarking study. To find out how tools like benchmarking are helping farmers adapt and deal with climate variability, AgVic Talk is taking a virtual climate bus tour. Our first stop is at Ian Arney's farm, where embracing new approaches and technology have been crucial to the success of this third-generation farmer. Well, technology has been fantastic and I'd suggest that it's probably the only reason why we can still grow crops in the Millowa because of slightly less rainfall than what we used to get. But we have to go for higher yields now to cover our costs and technology and adapting using technology has been the greatest benefit we have without the technological changes that we've had. I probably wouldn't be farming like so many others who have left the land. I probably would have done the same. And you've kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of where this discussion is going because we want to talk about benchmarking and you've said I've had to adapt and you've detailed that you've moved across to sheep in the last 10 years a lot more. So how did you get started with benchmarking on your farm business? Oh, that's a really good question. I actually became involved with benchmarking thanks to ABARES because they contacted me to provide just information through their ag survey and about five years ago I had someone from ABS contact me and ask me if I'd like to participate in benchmarking and I said I would. So we did that for four years and it sort of demonstrated to me that things were going okay but our profit by comparison to others doing a similar thing was less. So um, the return on investment was virtually zilch. We were able to pay some wages, invest further in machinery and by drawing a comparison to see how others were going, I thought, well, I need to change something's not right. But one of the issues I had was the lack of ability to actually talk to the other people that had completed the benchmarking because we didn't know who they were. Privacy wouldn't allow us to communicate. No one could sort of give us a, a rational reason as to why some people were turning over less but actually earning more profit. So there was no direct comparison with regards to the nuts and bolts. So the information was really good, but it, it just wasn't enough. So I actually applied and joined another group. I've only completed one year of the benchmarking and certainly the last year has been a difficult one and not to make excuses, but I haven't actually done myself a favour and provided them with the information so that they can come back and discuss how my figures look and draw a direct comparison to other people and what they're doing without actually naming them, but by grabbing other businesses that farm along similar lines, run similar sheep to me. And that way it will, it hasn't so far, but it will provide me with a far better idea as to what activities I should just cut out completely, as opposed to trying to hang on to them. And that's what I'm looking for because I can give an example of someone I think is one of the best farmers in the Millowa and they grow phenomenal crops 
year after year, even in 2019 when we had a severe drought with decile one rainfall after decile one in 2018 as well. And they grew some pretty terrific crops on very little moisture, while the majority of people in the Millward didn't grow anything that was worth harvesting. And I thought, well, they sort of hang in there. Last year they had some great yields, 2020 superb yields, far better than the average in the district. And they have their business really ticking. And I thought, yeah, and have for a long time, would be great to emulate that. But having played with direct drill and being on top of conserving summer moisture and being really um, stringent on getting out there and stopping the weeds very quickly to maintain as much moisture as possible, even that still didn't work for me in a number of situations. And I thought, well, I need to look at something else. Hence, I've concentrated more on livestock or sheep and it's proving to be safer, a far safer bet for me. And while the returns are nowhere near as good as some of the returns from grains, for example, it's safe. And I can actually make a living from it without taking a huge gamble and risk of putting a crop in and possibly getting no return. And for example, 2019 having a $300,000 loss, which takes a lot of coming back from. That is a significant amount of money in anybody's books, and Just reflecting back on what you've talked about there, the important part of benchmarking seems to be really comparing like for like. So is that important to build your own benchmarking data so you're constantly looking at your own organisation because that's the ultimate comparison, isn't it? That's right. It, it's one thing to have a look at your own data, but it's, I think, vitally important to look at others and see how they're going. But it has to be apples for apples to do a, a reasonable comparison. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. You know, for example, labour rates need to be the same or pretty much the same. Because if I'm, say, charging, if I have someone work for me at $25, 41 as a casual rate, but someone else down the road is working at 35 and we benchmark and compare our businesses, it's a bit difficult when their wages are up already to the tune of $10 an hour by comparison. You know, there's so many comparisons you can do. It could be as simple as you like, or as basic as you like, but you have to be able to compare things that are similar. And it's one thing to look at your own benchmarking year after year to see whether you've improved, whether you've lost ground, how you're going, whether you're holding your head up and things are working out. So you can then think, okay, well, this is okay. It's working all right, but I need to fine tune it a bit better. So go looking for different advice or you try something different. But in order to get those results sooner, it's far better to take advantage of other people's knowledge and what they've are doing and what they've been successful at and what they haven't been successful at. I did belong to an an agronomy group. The best information I found was all the conversation around what was working and what wasn't working for individuals. And to me, that was another form of creating a very basic benchmark so that, you know, I could avoid problems or through the information I shared, other people could avoid problems. So it can be on an incredibly basic level around just a conversation or it can be comparing like figures and saying well why doesn't this work for me it's working for these people and asking the questions around you know how do you get it to work and fine tuning and that's probably the best part about benchmarking is 
you have the information, but making it work for you, how do you go about making it work so that you can improve what you're doing? You seem very data-driven. You said that right at the start, the technology has been largely one of the reasons that you're still actually farming and being able to draw upon information and apply that. So tell us how benchmarking your farm business helps with managing and preparing for climate variability. I think with regards to climate variability, certainly the way I've used benchmarking is that I've um, determined quite simply by comparing figures from one year to the next that I'm actually earning more money by running sheep and now trying to tweak the kind of sheep that I run to increase the amount of income. Yeah, it's all data-driven because generally speaking, if the figures are correct, they don't lie. They'll tell you that either there are some shortcomings or that what you're doing is successful and they're vitally important. You know, if you want to survive, if you want your business to survive, you need to know your figures and what's happening. So in the context then of benchmarking, how important is it in terms of what farmers need to be doing right now to be able to manage climate variability? Personally, I think it's vital if they want to keep farming they need to have a really good understanding of their figures, even if it's just basics with regards to expenditure on chemicals uh, in particular, because that's an increasing expense certainly this year with glyphosate tripling in price and fertiliser almost tripling in price. They need to be able to look at figures and draw a comparison from one year to the next as to whether the expenses are getting out of hand, can they rein in the expenses, which doesn't necessarily mean more profit. It just means that there's less money that's outgoing and it provides you with a little bit more stability because it's an expensive exercise putting a crop in and hoping that it's going to rain. But in terms of continuing to farm by benchmarking, comparing yields in particular and the cost that's involved to produce a particular crop from one year to the next, keep an eye on the profit margin is really important because as that decreases, if it does decrease, you need to be able to see that coming because you can do something about it and you can see that with benchmarking as opposed to someone who just has a gut feel and thinks, no, we're right. Um, we've done this in the past, we'll do it again. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did. But certainly from my point of view, it doesn't. A lot of my decisions now are made on the basis of benchmarking. Cost, does it work? Will it work? Uh, what's the risk? That can be demonstrated from information from the past. Uh, yeah, it could work. If it doesn't work, what's it going to cost me? If the risk is deemed too high, then I either reduce the risk by not going so hard or by not doing a particular action at all. What sort of benefits do you see other farmers getting from having an external party review their operations through benchmarking? There's businesses that were turning over a lot of money and virtually keeping none and they're looking at it thinking, you know, the people owning and operating have looked at it and thought, what the hell are we doing? And by going out, drawing comparisons and getting someone in particular to have a good look, they've been able to identify where they were spending a lot of money 
and not making much. And, uh, you know, it sounds so simple. We all should be able to do it. But it, unless you take time out of your business to work on it and look at it, a lot of the simple things slide by. Whereas if you have a fresh set of eyes that can look at your benchmarking, they'll come back to you and ask questions about, you know, why are you doing this? And did you realise that you're actually breaking even. What's the point of doing an activity where you break even? You'd be far better off doing this because you can demonstrate where you've been making money. And for so many of us that work in the operations all the time, the decisions we make can be on the run. Whereas benchmarking, either having someone else take a look or standing back and having a good look and trying to work on your business is just vital, especially with the effects of climate change. If you want to survive, I just think people have to do that or they'll be gone. They won't survive. While Leonani's focus on benchmarking is about improving his own farm, a person who does this for many farms is Sam Henty, farm business economist with Agriculture Victoria. Sam describes his job as helping make informed decisions about the efficient allocation of resources and he views benchmarking as one of the best tools for achieving this. When we talk about benchmarking, it's another way of talking about the comparative analysis. And really, the only comparison a farmer should make, at least initially, should be comparing themselves to themselves over time. So when we talk about benchmarking, it's establishing the business performance and all the indicators within that farm business and then tracking that over time. So looking at those key profit ratios and measures and looking at them over time. So laying down the facts and facing them basically and getting a better understanding of the farm and the year that was, but then also using that to plan for the future. So recording data is key. So how should someone get started on benchmarking their farm business? Depending on how they'd like to do it, there are existing projects around. The Victorian state government runs a farm performance projects and monitoring projects. So the dairy farm monitor looks specifically at dairy farms and the livestock farm monitor looks at sheep and beef farms and mixed enterprises, so with some cropping in there. And looking at those Uh, the performance of each of those enterprises and farm businesses within each of those industries. And so getting involved in one of those or some of the the privately run equivalents that are out there at the moment is one way of doing it, contacting your local business consultant or local extension officer is a way to understand what's available. But uh, most farmers have the capacity to do this themselves Um, and it's just a matter of bringing together the information required to analyze your farm business and understand if it's any good or not or what the how the year has been and, and what part of the farm is going well and not well and so that is about bringing all the information that's already collected together and putting it into the framework to estimate those performance measures. You're talking there about a lot of data, but I imagine from the outset, Sam, you really got to know what you're looking for in terms of what's your outcome. So what makes for good benchmarking? What makes good benchmarking is that it's got to be based first and foremost in the principles of farm business economics. So the information that you're getting out needs to be sensible and needs to be 
something that you can make a decision with. So it needs to not only be based on the current methods and theory, but it needs to be something that when you look at it, you can make a decision with. And so having an understanding of what each of the measures are that are coming out are, are really important. So you, you can produce a number, but if it means nothing to you, you're not going to make a decision. So it's all about providing something that's going to help you make a decision. And, and that's where professional help can be useful. So as I mentioned before, business consultants or accountants can help bring that information together and interpretation of results to make for better comparisons between the business between years and within the different enterprises of the business. Sam, it all seems to make perfect sense, but I imagine there's some pitfalls people need to be cautious of. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So the pitfalls of benchmarking are generally the the want to compare your business to another business and to see how you're going. So a, a beef farmer in Gippsland comparing to a beef farmer in the southwest. The real pitfall there is that each farm is individual and while the output may be similar, the operating surface and environmental conditions and the skill and stage of career and experience of the manager are vastly different for all farms and so comparing your performance to an anonymous farm or an aggregated number average for a particular region or industry needs to be done with extreme caution because generally you're comparing just a partial measure so comparing say how much fertilizer you've put on or the cost of the fertilizer you've put on for the year and so to compare say fertilizer costs or stocking rate and equate that to well they only applied x amounts or the average only applied x amount or ran x amount of dse therefore i am above or below the average doesn't take into account all the other things that go into making a profit and doesn't help profitably allocate resources or efficiently allocate resources so it does help comparing to other farms or to an average does help you to look at your information more so just wanting to know well how much did i spend on fertilizer this year compared to the average there's an exercise of just getting you to to look at your costs and look at those different indicators within your business but really uh, the best comparison is to yourself over time and so that comparison to an average or a benchmark or another farm really needs to be done with caution what we advocate is the only comparison initially should be to yourself over time sam what do you think farmers need to be doing right now to be able to manage climate variability in the context of the discussion we've been having Initially, it starts with having a farm business plan where each of the managers and the people who work on the farm have buy into that plan. So setting goals to understand where the farm wants to be in the future and then determine how the farm is going to get there. Once you've got those goals of where you want to be and how you're going to get there, it's understanding where where you are now. And so understanding how the business is going at the moment will help with that path of those goals could be anything from big goals of uh, you want to be debt free in 10 years or you want to be net zero in 10 years or you want to be the most profitable as you've ever been in 10 years 
or all three. Or you might just want to pick up the kids from school every day and want to go to the footy on the weekends. Each of those goals is valid and that's what I mean by each farm is unique, that each farm will have a different goal and abilities to get to those goals. But having those goals will help manage the rougher times that will come because of climate change. So understanding where the farm is now and understanding how and what are the big influences on farm performance will help manage them when times get rough. And also when times are good, it will help you pull the levers to say, right, well, we're in this position now, let's go and buy that block next door or let's go and buy those extra stock or let's plant that extra crop or whatever it is. Just having the ability to plan and understand the business will help in those rougher times. Sam Henty, thank you ever so much for joining us for this AgVic Talk podcast. No worries at all. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.